just hear those sleigh bells ringling, ting tang diddly do. It's time for a Christmas podcast and everybody have a good time. That didn't rhyme because I didn't plan to do that. You could have said have a good poo. I had a good poo just now um, because we ate a lot of Pizza Hut and it was quite greasy. Hey, (laughs) hello everyone. Welcome to episode 148 of Stacey's Pop Culture. You ordered the Greasy Strangler meal deal, didn't you? I did. I am your host, the titular Stace. And as is tradition, joining me for this end of year podcast spectacular is my husband Rich. Say hello. Uh, bienvenue. Power bottoms. And making his triumphant return to the end of year pod because he wasn't here last year and I can't remember if he was there the year before either. We didn't do one the year before. Like, because we didn't have a cunt the year before. Well, we still did. Me and you still did one. No, but we didn't have a cunt the year before in 2021. All right. Well, anyway, Phil's back. Hello, Phil. Buongiorno. Yeah. Oh, it's multilingual and everything. Um, bueno, West End. Yeah. So, as I just said, it's the end of the year. So, it's end of year top fives podcast time. Yet again, none of us have read any comics worth talking about. Or at all. <laughs> I've read a few books, but not one of them was read this year. Yeah, so have I. And also, not, all, not many of them were good. <laughs> So I definitely don't have a top five of those. Um, so Can I tell you about the marble? No, no. no. Peter, oh, uh, don't you have to go outside and knock, knock on my door, door awkwardly while I'm trying to work first? I'm here to talk about Jesus. You know he died on the cross for us, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. I hadn't heard of him. I guess he'd been that. born yet. It's two days to go. I can't wait. Anyway. Three days to go. Pod, pod, podcast eight. What's the date? Don't. D- people think this. I'm really good and I'm going to put this out like the Kurt. instant we recorded it. That's not true. Is that what you said? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said the behind the Oh, curve. okay. So there we go. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about albums, but not for very long because music's hard to talk about. And then telly, and probably also not for very long because there wasn't much good of it this year. And then movies for ages. Why are you sending stuff? You could not say any of this. <laughs> and just go on and people go, they're pretty good. Ah, who wants to start with that, their number five album? Rich took a drink of his beer, so it's Phil. Hello, Phil. Wow. Welcome okay. back to the show. How do? Um, yeah, so... Music. I'm at that point where I've got like a number one yeah. and a number two, and anything between like three and 30 is <laughs> interchangeable. Right. Yeah. So I've kind of picked albums that okay. neither of you two will have, mm. and left out the ones that I know you will do. He- well, that I mean, am I that predictable? Yeah. 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 Well, no, but yeah. Um, <laughs> So, for what is being said as number five, I've gone for JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. You are correct. I would not have chosen that because I've never heard of it. So, I've heard of Danny Brown. I've listened to a lot of Danny Brown previously, but I've never listened to JPEG Mafia or Peggy, as as he's known on on, uh, Reddit and whatnot. So, basically, it's uh, experimental hip-hop. So, it's a very sort of short album. It's quite fast-paced. Okay. It doesn't quite fit under traditional rap. Um, the, the songs or pieces will kind of change as the, the music's going, and it will just completely change tone and change out of left field. A um, bit more electronic influence than a lot of rap. Okay. Um, you know, similar to sort of Run the Jewels in a way, but as I say, very more experimental. I thought you were writing them down, Stace, but you've written I nothing forgot. down. Yeah. yeah, so now I've written it down, haven't I? Yeah, it's fine. Don't interrupt Philly. No, that's it. That's, I'm, I'm done now. Yeah. All right. And then it's your turn then, Rich. Uh, my number five was Guts by Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. 
I forgot to listen to this. Which I am. I'm, I think I'm the target audience for her music. You are now. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, pretty standard cis white, my old white male. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait to go to a gig in the new year. No, not, <laughs> not actually ever doing that. No. Um, but all the music is just easy to listen to, and it's kind of early 2000s punk rock mostly. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing. I mean, I'd be weirded out if anybody listened to this and never heard of her because she's actually pretty famous. And, mm-hmm. But this isn't anything ground shaking. It's just quite easy and fun to listen to. The lyrics absolute nonsense. Fair. Because it's just about stuff that I suppose 20 year old women uh, into and can feel about. But sometimes that's what you need. And that's about it. Not a lot to say about it, to be honest. Fair enough. <laughs> we did say the music section would be yeah, fast. But so I think some stuff, there's, there's some stuff that can connect to you and you can feel a lot about. Yeah. But some stuff you just put on. Because, you, yeah, you yeah. want to just have things on. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's, there's times when it just evokes an emotion that you can't describe or say yeah. why. And stuff that you wouldn't think connects, connects. Excellent, eh? My number five, and I've done the thing that I do every year where I do a Google of the band and then write down exactly what it says its genre is. Partly because I think it's quite funny to know and also because I cannot categorise things to save my life. Uh, So my number five is Volcano by Jungle, which is probably one of the most easy to listen to things of the year. Google describes it as electronic soul funk. Yeah, I think that's solid. Pretty pretty fair. It's uh, all of their music videos are typically top notch. They do them all with a specific dance troupe, and they're all sort of ostensibly one shot choreographed situations. I say ostensibly. All the videos for each album are linked as well, aren't they? So the end. The end of one links to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like it's just really good music to have on when you don't necessarily want to be like because sometimes I put music on because I want to sit and belt it out like a gobby asshole, which usually happens when Richie's at work be- at, like at your office right? No, that's a lie No I try it's No I really tame it down Friday <laughs> afternoons normally I can be on calls and someone will go what's that and I might stay It's my wife caterwauling Especially in when it's paramour Box room <laughs> Yeah it's been a lot of Dua Lipa lately hasn't it Dua Lipa uh, But yeah Jungle Give it a listen It's really fucking but good I haven't got into this album much Because every time I get to listen to Jungle I'll just go to the This is Jungle playlist On Spotify Fair <laughs> Listen is to all the songs Jungle is massive, massive as well yeah. Jungle pretty. is pretty massive Yeah um, But yeah There you go Job done Phil's Numero Foro uh, Let's get my list He's back out again He's got to open his phone um, So My number four Entry for today's purposes Is Everything is Alive By Slow Dive Okay. Um, so it's they've been going for quite a while, and it's um, the, the category they fall into is probably called shoegaze. Um, okay, but it's quite it's quite <laughs> ethereal as well. You so it's not a lot of shoegaze. It's though. not quite electronicy. It's not quite indie, but it's it's fairly lo-fi. Um, I think this album's, I say, a bit more ethereal than previous ones. Fair. Um, decent length, not too long, not too short. There is a shoegaze revival going on though, isn't there? Did we see them once or was that somebody else who's throwing the name? Slow Club. Okay. Who is self-esteem? I don't know. I think was she one half of Slow Club? Slow Club was just a man and a woman, wasn't it? Yeah. But I don't think it was her. I thought it was a different slow. Oh no, too many too many slow bands. Too many slow bands. Look it up, fairly. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. But I feel like that theme tune that you made. We did. I'd love to play. We invented it. We invented it. I do feel like a Stato. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. What's it we saw at the Academy 3 of that one? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Cool. Ricardo. So, my number four is Mommy by Be Your Own Pet. 
I have heard you listening to this a lot and I like it. Yeah, because it's really good. They broke up in 2008, which the internet tells me is 15 years ago. But I think that's a massive, massive... That can't be true. I think it was like last week or something. And they got back together... Actually, I think they got back together last year, did some shows, and then released their first album this year. And it is... 2000s punk rock to be fair female vocalist um, is this going to be a theme? Uh, no um, and it's quite yeah humorous lyrics at times silly lyrics at times quite complaining lyrics at times which is what you want out of punk music really yeah isn't yeah it? shouty angry um, so yeah if you did know about Be Your Own Pet in the 2000s this is definitely worth another listen um, but yeah it's, it's a band I do want to see live they did a tour I think August but they didn't come anywhere near here um, what says is your kitchen? Yeah, my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so many nights do though. But there's enough room there for a, like a duo. I could have. Yeah, do a Yeah, do a leaper. We saw gigs in smaller venues, people's houses before, haven't we? We have. So hope they tour again next year. But yeah, be your own pet. Thumbs up. Excellent Three thumbs Brilliant. up. Three thumbs up. Don't know how to say my number four because it's Big Pig, but there's two eyes in both words, so I don't know if you're supposed to call them Big, big Pig. Big Pig. Um, uh, album called Bubblegum, listed as alternative indie soul, and that's that's pretty much where it's at. Okay, I've not heard any of these. What do the who do the same like? Oh, don't do that to me because I can't. I can't with that. Look it up, Phil. Look it up, Phil. Look it up. Um, so yeah, this is the first one I haven't heard of either. Okay. Is... Well, I really like this album, but the the only reason it's down at number four instead of being a bit higher up is it's quite short. So it's like not a ton of songs, and all of the songs are like you know three minutes and done. Not not particularly like it doesn't linger. I don't know how I discovered Big Pig. I think it was one of those Spotify things where I accidentally had that setting on where it just plays you similar things once you've listened on to something else. And also like the only artist I've heard of is Arlo Parks. I've not heard of any of the others. Who are the others? Maybe I have. <coughs> Joy Crooks, Pete no. Millet, Salt. No. Joe Self. No. Uh, Nulitha Yanya. No. No. I don't know any of the words you just said. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's another one of those albums that you can pop so, on and enjoy and not have to think too hard about, but it's good. Yeah, big pig. <laughs> it's time for your number three, Phil. Um, I've gone for Soft Landing by Art School Girlfriend. Okay, never heard of them either. Um, it's quite uh, mellow, uh, melodic, euphoric, electronic music. Sounds like so it's, it's not quite dance music. It's not quite synthwave, but it's not quite pop. So right. it just kind of straddles that, you know, Venn diagram of four out of three out of the four things I'm into. <laughs> so, that sounds fair. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I can't really describe it to anything that compare it to any artists, which yeah. is not helping the case. But It's all right. I can never do that either. So it's fine. You can be as terrible a host as me. <laughs> yeah, not terrible. Yeah, I'm no, talking music about music all the time, man. Yeah, and I think it's difficult to talk about music because I think music is probably even more like personal than movies and yeah. TV and that. Um, yeah, it's kind of why I don't read reviews of music. Yeah. I'll listen to it. Yeah, and then you go, I like that. <laughs> good and you listen Sometimes to it, yeah. like 30 seconds in, you know, no, yeah. this ain't for me. It's not for you, yeah. Not Which for, is not why, you. you know, Babylon Zoo fucked everyone over. Yeah, but I like the bits that people don't like. I like the rest of that song. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You don't Space Man on Babylon Zoo? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I like both halves of that song. 
Is that acceptable? But because the bit that was in the advert, when people bought the single, people were taking it back to shops, going, this is, I've been like, you've, you've lied to false me. advertising. you lied to me. <laughs> Are we done? We're done. Richard. Yeah. Richard, you're number three, please. Um, number three is This Is Why I Buy Paramore. Um, Okie dokie. I think we probably talked about the, the song This Is Why last year. We did. And it was definitely on the playlist for last year. So I'll pick a different one this year. Um, but the album came out uh, probably in January. It was quite early on. Yeah. But it's fucking Paramore. It's their more early 2000s British indie <laughs> style of music. But I, I feel like there's people online who are like, Paramore was sold out or they're not the old Paramore. No, they're still fucking Paramore. This is yeah. what Hayley wants to do. And it's, yeah. Fair. I don't know a lot to say about Paramore because they're pretty famous. And they I don't are. think you need my opinion on them. I feel much, like if you haven't heard about Paramore by now, you're never you going to. Even if you just listen to this podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's more. Bloody fantastic when we saw them. Jangly and dancey than previous rock stuff, but yeah. maybe pretty similar to After Laughter, isn't it? And I think it's, and pretty, it's a progression from that and it's solo stuff. Yeah. And I think, like you were saying, and you know, when we saw them live earlier this year, they had Block Party supporting them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's definitely that more kind of indie and side think, to it. Like my favourite, my second favourite song off the album, but the best single this year, Second Star, sounds very much like. Um, like hard fire and block party and yeah. Ferdinand all yeah. in one. Which yeah, it does. Is what she's going for, I think. But yeah, Coolio. Um, no, I don't think. No, Coo- no then she doesn't sound not. like Coolio. No, he's passed away as well. Silly. Yeah, rest in peace. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> he's in the gangster's paradise. <laughs> uh, I don't think I need to talk about my number three a lot because, again, if you haven't heard of Carly Rae Jepsen, you've probably been living under a rock for many many years um but yeah i've got the loveliest time it's a good it's pop a album b-side album maybe yeah. i don't know i really like it but what's interesting actually i didn't know it was a b-side <laughs> album the one thing i wrote down was it's really good like very solid jeppers stuff but nothing particularly stands out yeah, as so, amazing you know every album she's done and it's been called side b but this yeah. is just a side b to the loneliest time but she's called it the loveliest time oh, okay yeah. fair enough that makes sense now. But, uh, yeah, I really like it, though. Uh, it, it's probably it the fact that it doesn't have any standout tracks is why it's not higher up as well. Um, Shy Guy's pretty good, though. Yeah. A song about that guy of Mario games. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so, yeah, a bit, bit of lovely pop for your ears there. And loveliest pop. Doss. That's what you did there. Um, so, my number two is Inside by Free Love. I'm going to have to yeah. start listening to more music next year. So I say these, this every year. These artists, uh, I, think, uh, I think they're a Scottish band. Um, they were formerly known as Happy Meals. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. They've uh, changed names for, I'm guessing, obvious reasons. Um, reviews of the album have described it as electronic synth pop and guided meditation. Okay, that's Which weird. is, yeah. So it, for me, it was it's a very much kind of like Euro dancey pop. Okay. So there's some stuff which... I wouldn't say verges on chanting, but there's there's a lot of spoken word elements to it. Yeah. They throw in some French every now and again. And is it like to listen to Scooter? No, no, no okay. it's, it's not that. It's nearer Daft Punk than Scooter <laughs> okay, on that right. kind of spectrum. I'm back on board. But it's, um, you know, it, it, it's no it's no sandstorm. What <laughs> is? It is a very, very kind of European, la-di-da, funky. Very Phil? Yeah. Trey Phil. Trey Phil. <laughs> Richard. Yes. Dos. Number two. Yeah. Number two is Quarter Life Crisis by Baby Queen. That does not surprise who me. Who is an alt pop artist, I keep getting told. I'm not sure what that means, because does that mean it's not popular music? I don't but know. But it means what it's most pop music. Mean. Yeah. But a bit more in, it's more indie pop is yeah. what I'd say. 
Um, so, yeah, quite electronic, slightly dance, slightly miserable pop. Most of the songs are quite... Um, I don't want to say complaining because I, that's, I could claim that, don't I? <laughs> Mate, yeah, but if you need to have a... Um, sometimes you but yeah, need they're, that they're, they're, they're not like, I'm so happy songs. They are, oh, here's a lot of things that are wrong with me and sort of self-deprecating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, an, another another app that's probably not writing songs for me, but that is absolutely fine. But musically, yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of... Um, it, it's quite fun to listen to a lot of it musically if you don't pay attention to the lyrics, which helps some days. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, not a lot to speak. I think I spoke about it on a couple of years ago as well when you had a not really album out. Yeah, mixed you tape. Did. Um, the one with all the skits. Yeah, well, what? some skits. Skits. <laughs> skits. Um, but yeah, so Baby Queen. And if you've watched, what is that show? Heartstopper. Heartstopper on Netflix. Oh you've heard at least 25 of us on. Yeah, yeah. There's so many in Heartstopper. And as I found out the other day, FIFA 23. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, weird. Weird. Bit weird. Excellent, I. I need to stop saying excellent, I come up with a new word. Uh, excellent day. Do you remember that, that one excellent? year when I kept saying phenomenal and then got annoyed at myself? This is going to be the excellent day. Is that when you're NL Killjoy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two was Sorry Like You Mean It by Honeymoon. Got a couple of nods there from I don't the know about them. Uh, Indie alternative kind of like... Do you remember Barry who we saw before Charlie Bliss in London? No. The band Barry? No. Oh, they kind of sound. Yeah, kind of sounds like Barry. But I don't know how to help you with anything else. But if you don't know who Barry is, um, I know people. I know a couple of people called Barry. TV series called Barry. Yeah, I know know one or two. There's a place called Barry Island. Um, Hey, I like this album. Two places called Barry. Then that's why it's my number two because I like it a lot. It's not Barry. It's really good. What? Aqua Oxygen Thief Barry. Not you, is it? Okay. No, No, Barry the band of Barry B A R R I E. Oh, I hate them. I'm out. <laughs> it's funny because you love them. Phil's new favourite band. <laughs> no, they've got to have like a V instead of an A or something. <laughs> um, yeah, really good indie, sort of slightly jangly, slightly guitar-y. Kind of wet-leggy maybe. Maybe that's helpful. Okay. Uh, a helpful comparison. But I liked it a lot. So there you go. Phil's top album of the year. My number one album of the year, and it's definitely my number one. Bizarrely, it only came out at the start of this month. Weird. Which kind of... I was expected <laughs> and pre-ordered it and I've listened to it multiple times since. Um, but it is Life is Infinite by Wings of Desire. Okay. So it's their debut album. They're a UK duo. I think they might be husband and wife, but I might be wrong. Husband um, and sister. Be white stripe scenario. Exactly. But, you know, who am I to judge on anyone? But um, it's... For me, it's... There's a lot of kind of like Springsteen-esque guitars, but there's also a lot of New Order synths. And, and melodies. Oh, two things and I hate. Well, it might not <laughs> you be hate you. New Order. I don't like New Order. Oh. Hate's a strong word, but I don't like Name it. one bad song by them. I, could, I don't think I'm going to name you a song off the top <laughs> of my head by them. World in Motion. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not the one you should be naming to convince me them good. But yeah, it's <laughs> nothing like that. You've so, got a hole to get and do it at the right time. Yeah, so true. for me, it's there's kind of spoken word elements to it. But it, is, it has got those underlying, you know, things that that really do remind me of New Order. Slight Joy Division. Um, but for me, that just hit all the right spots and hit all the right notes. So definitely worth checking out. Cool. And the gang. No. no, no, no I don't think they released anything this year. If I, I had a, we'd have all Adam was top. Obviously, half, yeah. yeah. Richard. So my number one is a band that they announced, I want to say about February, that they were... 
they didn't really split up because they're not a proper group, but they were reconvening, they're putting an album out, and they're new tour. I immediately pre-ordered four different versions of their album, <laughs> and then when tickets were on sale for their gig, I immediately bought really expensive tickets that I could have got cheaper, much later. I've since bought their EP twice on vinyl and then pre-ordered their original EP again on vinyl. So yeah, it is a band I quite like called Boy Genius and The Record. Oh, wow. So, oh, at least, if that helps. Indie slash alt folk, or whatever people call it. <laughs> Remember Neil Morris, who probably is listening to this. Hi, Neil. Hello. One said he hated the term alt folk, because it's folk. It's folk music. So is the alternative folk music when it's just fucking folk music. I'm going to find out he didn't say it, and maybe it was anti-folk that he hated, but one of the two maybe. he was Post against. Post-folk. I don't know what it means. Um, but yeah, acoustic-y, acoustic-y, not all songs are acoustic folk music. Um, every single song off this is fucking brilliant. Um, it is really great. Yeah. The couple of songs where they are blatantly banned songs are probably standouts because there's obviously Phoebe songs or the Dakar songs. Band Rich, don't know. I've never heard of them. No, but you actually said um, no. They were not named band members for the band, though, right? Uh, well, true. If you don't know, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> <Wow. laughs> okay, it's a super group with Phoebe Bridges, Lucy Dakar, and Julian Baker. But there are some songs that are Julian songs, some Dakar songs, some Phoebe songs. The second the track list was announced, then one was called Emily, I'm Sorry. Everyone knew that was a Phoebe song. No one else is going to write a fucking song called that. But, yeah, really good fucking album. Really good um, EP they, they put out called The Rest as well, which was the stuff that didn't make the album, and they were very fucking good live. They were. We went to see them in a park, and it was a very hot day. Yeah, and we were stood by Reggie Watts and, I don't know her real name, but Biabadoo Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. No, I really enjoyed this album. I think this would have been my number two. I solely didn't put this in my top five because I knew it would be your number one and I didn't want to ruin it for you. The same, um, the same. But I, yeah, I really like this album a lot as well. And I did, seeing them live, even though the walk back to the uh, tube stop after the gig murdered both of the arches the of my gig, feet. was it? It wasn't the gig's no. fault. I'm just saying that I don't like walking. <laughs> Is that an acceptable thing to say? Um, no, it is really, really good. I would call this a bit ethereal as well. If, Some if of the was, songs can be, yeah. Yeah, into using fancy They also words. had a, I think it was called The Movie, wasn't it, on YouTube? I had four music videos all directed by Kristen slash Kirsten Stewart. I can never remember her actual name. I think it's Kirsten. Yeah, so you had videos for $20, Emily, I'm sorry, and... Something else. Kubler? Maybe. I also really enjoyed seeing Moon Alive then as well. They were really yeah, good. Yeah, they were good. My number one, I don't know how to pronounce the title of the album, so I'm hoping that it's just letters because it's T-Z-I-A by <laughs> Meg Myers. But it could be Zia. I don't know. She forgot to spell Tizer. <laughs> <laughs> Strange enough, I had some of that for the first time in ages the other day. I was thinking earlier, I don't see Tizer around anymore. Anyway. Anyway. Carry on. Get yourself a lovely can of toys and have a listen to... <laughs> you I don't, from Vimto. I don't know if... Oh, Vimto never gave us anything for free, the bullies. It's just less popular. Yeah. I know I prefer Vimto because I like flavours. It's not as good as Iron Brew, though. I, I don't right. like Iron Brew. It You're tastes not in Scotland. bad. Um, <laughs> probably not, to be fair. I'm awful. This... It, Meg Myers is alternative indie. I like to think that she's dramatic and intense. <laughs> Those are the words I would use. Okay. Why? No, I think her, I really like her first album, and she really annoys the shit out of me now. Oh, <laughs> I don't know anything about her as a person, or I've ever seen her on a thing. Like I've never seen her live, never seen her music videos. You have seen a lot of music videos. Key was obsessed with the one for Desire once oh, years ago. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, her music is very sort of like cathartic-y for me anyway. She I didn't thought. 
She did a really bad cover of Run Up That Hill because it sounded exactly like the original. I like that. It's everyone's done a really bad cover of that song this year. (laughs) Since fucking Stranger Things. Um, The placebo one was good, but that was years ago. So, so yeah, that was my top album. Now, I forgot to write my choice for this, Dan, so I'm going to move straight on to Phil. Um, We usually pick a song. Oh, okay, sorry. a, A song that's like a great song of the year, but wasn't... Like the album hasn't come out, or oh, it was on an EP, so it doesn't care. Let's ask Rich first then, because Phil needs. You serious? Because I, I, you want me to name one? Just one. Just one. Just one. I can't do it. Just one. I can't do How it. How many? Just do you one. Need? Uh, one, two, Bear three. Bear in mind, one of them might be mine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is one of them mine? What's mine? The, the song that I was going to pick. I don't know what you were going to pick. <laughs> well, should I do mine first? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I was... I, Slothrust did a cover no, of was not mine. Pony by Genuine. Definitely was very good. And it's really fucking good. I like, now, I unironically like the song Pony like by Genuine do. anyway. I think Slothrust um, is infinitely better. But it is, yeah. Uh, Slothrust, uh, I think I had them as my top maybe last year or something. Kind of been last year. that album came out. Kind of been last year. Um, so I... Love them a lot. Fucking phenomenal oh. when we saw them live. Slothrus were a band you never gave a flying fuck about. No. I then forced you to come and see them live with me. And then you I lost my mind. Oh, I should have listened to this band before. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I am an idiot. But that's how you learn about new no, music, it's true, isn't it? Like, you, you it know, is you. funny. Yeah. And because for years you thought they were called Slow Thrust and hated that name. I did, because I thought it was too sexy. Name um, racist. I yep. am a name racist. So, do you want to just pick your fucking nine songs then? Yeah. Have Go you on. got one yet, Phil? No, no you I'm not writing all of these down, so no, you can just send me that list later. Okay. <laughs> so, my first one is an obvious one that I really want to pick up because it was a really good album and I was surprised by how good it was, but it's St. Charles Square by Blur. It's a really good fucking single. The album's really good. The last Blur album wasn't very good, so I was surprised by this. It might be the last Blur album for a while. Fair. Might be the same lately. Um, my next is Spit, which is a cover of a Kitty song by Poppy. It's, right. it's practically the same song, but with electronic beats in it, and it really fucking works. It's a good album, Poppy one. That's not on it, though. Annoying. Um, my next one is New Order T-shirt by The National, a band that I really like but can't get through an album because they're really fucking, really depressing. Oh. <laughs> That's a really good song. And I got a little bit of soul by the Linda Lindas, which was from the film Totally Killer on Netflix. Oh, that's good, though. Which is a really good song and an all right an film. An all right film, yeah. Um, Solid film. A, a song that Stace hates, which is Now Come a Payday by Baby Billy Freeman from the TV show The Righteous yeah. Gemstones. Weird. Really winds her up. Something I thought you'd mention, uh, Ghost's version of We Don't Need Another Hero. Oh, okay. It's fucking brilliant. It is really good. Um, Pop by Dutz, who yes. is a member of the band Sloppy Boys. Um, and it's a song about making your pussy pop. I've picked that on the parlour before as my Perfect. song of the episode. Um, a song that people won't be surprised by people mentioning, but it is Push by Ryan Gosling. By Ryan Gosling, so good. <laughs> Which, second best film scene of the year for me is him singing Push. And then... The song of the year, which is better than anything anyone's put out, even Boy Genius, is Forklift Simulator by Space Bear. Forklift Simulator. And then Mike picked this on the last episode <laughs> of the parlour. It's the song of the episode. And so I can Space Bear is an anonymous person that remixes stuff that the game groups say into songs. Yeah. Somehow, this one is an absolute fucking bop, right? It is. And it's about running over your family with a forklift. Yeah. And, okay, it, and slowly lowering yeah. them into the river. <laughs> So, yeah, there are my other mentions that we'll 
probably be on Stacey's playlist. They, they will all go on the playlist. Yeah, they'll, they'll be a, a top parlor pick playlist thing. Phil, have you decided? How many do I actually have to name? As many as you want. Well, as we, yeah, I was going to say, normally it's one, but if you've got okay, a couple go of honourable mentions. Um, so I am going to go with, and I'm stalling because I've scrolled past it, I'm going to go with Mind Reader by The Kill. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, so it's it starts off a bit synthy, and then there's a break, and it goes, it's very much like The Cure, and so it's quite intense, but also... Enjoyable. Yeah. That's the word I was searching for. I don't know why it's such a hard word. <laughs> Words um, are hard when you've heard well, <laughs> Sometimes. And I think Padam Padam by Kylie Minogue. He's pretty good. I've not listened to it. Yeah, the album just right gets well. stuck in your head. I've not listened to it and I don't know how I've managed to I got recommended it. it and I listened to it and I thought this isn't a very good song. And then he kept going on playlist and I was like, you know what, this is a good song. It's a bop. <laughs> uh, Over by Churches. Yeah. Okay. I think that was, again, one they just released at the the midpoint this year which doesn't quite fit in with the tone of their last album but it's more kind of traditional churches oh okay you're not um, no I didn't know it come out I Want to Be Your Only Pet by Bombay Bicycle Club oh, I'm not oh I yet. forgot they were a thing yeah. their album's really good they had a new album this year it's with one of those bands like kind of foals they've always been yeah. on the, fer- the peripheral I'd never go to see them but if they're at a festival I'd yeah, listen to I saw them like the album three times maybe and, and this this new album's really good and it's got um, Damon Albarn's on it for a track and there are some other artists that I can't remember Damon Albarn from The Good The Bad and The Queen no from Gorillaz oh okay so, another yeah, album yeah, yeah so he's from that um, and I Want To Be Your Only Pet is it's a kind of a really slow build and it gets quite intense as it goes on Ooh, okay but yeah their album's worth checking out as well I also thought you might have mentioned Ladybug by Twerk Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's put that on there as well. Let's just throw that on there. I'm sure if I looked at my 2023 bangers playlist, there'd be a couple of other yeah. things that I could mention, but I was limiting myself to one because I That's fair. put unfair restrictions upon myself. Also, I forgot one. Hit and Run by Auntie Donna, which is a song about <laughs> doing a hit and run. It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the vibrator song by Auntie Donna. Okay. Looking at Confused. No, I did, it took my brain a yeah. minute to like Which one of us has got a vibrator repair from? Delightful. Do we want to take a let's pour some wine break? Or Are you do not going to do yours? I did yeah. mine, I did, did pony. Uh, I thought you were going to do more I than went, one. I, I apologise, yeah, you did. No, I could, I could do more than one, but I'll just throw some you extra pony, on the And then I just told her about Ladybug that she've got about. Yeah, I did forget about Ladybug. Yeah, uh, that's a good. I love TWRP, they are. Going to get some little glasses out Fantastic. Little glasses. Yeah, I forgot how to spell for a moment there. I was writing out letters. <laughs> Dickhead. How do you spell T-W-R-P? Mold wine is here. Huzzah. It is time for telly shows, what we have seen and what we have liked. Now, <laughs> I will preface this by saying that... Making us sound shit. I'm not making us sound shit. I'm making me sound shit or TV sound like shit. shit. I had a hard time picking my number five for this one because I've seen four things that I consider to be very good and then a bunch of sort of middling, alright-ish things and then a couple of shit things. So I just sort of randomly chose from a hat for my five. But I'm going to keep you in suspenders because Phil's going to go first. So, yeah, I think I've seen seven TV shows this year. (laughs) 
and one was garbage. And I'm pretty sure one both of you will have, at least one, possibly two. So of the ones I have seen, these are the less crappy. The less so, shit. I'm guessing, and I think we were, the, the garbage one is Secret Invader. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Get that away. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even get through it. You watched it without me, didn't you, most of it? Because I was like, this is dull. I think a minute <laughs> after each episode, I couldn't even remember what the fuck happened because nothing did. No. But, you know, they tried something. I know someone who's quite into Marvel, watched all of it, watched all the films, and then at the end of Marvels, was confused, and then looked up online. Oh, and they were like, oh, it's not some... But can new character Marvels wasn't in Secret Invasion. I assumed they were. And I was like, oh, that shows you how memorable Secret Invasion was. Yeah. And so, so, what was your... My, my entry into number... Sheet. My entry... Oh, there's some good stuff in here. My entry into number five is going to be Shrinking. Okay, this was on my middling list of what could be number fives, yeah, so... Now, my list so of things are worse than Secret you Invasion. You hated this, didn't you, yeah. <laughs> Apple TV, uh, Harrison Ford, What's-His-Face out of What's-His-Face. That's his name. No, that is his full name. That's his full Coffee's name. Face, what? What? Forgetting what? Sarah Marshall. Oh, uh, Jay, uh, no, Seagull. Seagull, Jason, yeah. Seagull, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it written by the guy that did Scrubs and yep. everything? And yeah, yeah. his wife's in it, obviously. But yeah, <laughs> obviously. I liked it. Didn't hate it. The Harrison best thing, Ford was alright. The best thing about it is the, her husband in it, um, who plays the screaming guy who went off to her. Oh, the next one, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. it. I don't have much to say. He's a no. therapist. What's it about? There you <laughs> go. He's a therapist. Harrison Ford's a therapist. The female lead is a therapist. Seagull's wife had died and he's been a shitty father. He's a and he's dad. been a shitty therapist and he tries to change things in unorthodox ways. You know, he's a renegade cop on the street <laughs> and he does things that are illegal that, you know, happen to work because it's quirky. Fair. The end. Fair. Shrinking. Yeah. I'm going to turn this small one up. Turn it up because it's it a bit to cold. What? Yeah. Turn up to Med, is what it is. Club Med. Yep. Right. What's your number five? Sir? My number five is Gen V, which is a spin off from Dad Boys. I think it's officially called, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where it's about people with superhero powers at a college in America. Um, premise is one of their star students dies very soon because he's a bit mad at the beginning. You try to work out why. Um, I really liked it because I really like the boys but sometimes the boys are like ah, look what we did oh, you can't believe that can you yeah. this doesn't do that way we okay. said cunts um, <laughs> so it's still and then there are times when something horrible happens and you go oh yeah I understand watching the boys show but he's it, like I'll get it I'll get yeah. why it happened and there's no I've not read the boys the book I read the first six issues and I couldn't give a flying fuck about it I <laughs> much prefer the show um, yeah and it's, it is about trying to work out why this happened and what you know there's He's a spin-off that you need to watch if you watch The Boys. There's quite an important plot point in it at some point. Do you need to watch The Boys to watch this? No. But why would you? Yeah. Yeah. Catch up. Right. Yeah. I caught little episodes of it because I wasn't bothered about watching it because I categorically don't like The Boys because I think it is too yeah. like, oh, I'm an edge lord, me. And I'm not, I can't be bothered. But I liked what I saw of this more than I liked The Boys. So yeah. I think that's an endorsement. Of sorts. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I will watch this, but I'm still a season behind on the boys, so yeah. I don't think it'll matter up. though, because I uh, sort of no. I think stuff just... will get if you're watching the boys, stuff will get spoiled if you watch this. They do mention certain things yeah. that happened, like James Knuckles appears in this and tells you what happened to him the last season of the boys. In essence, so fair. 
if you haven't watched it, it will spoil it. And one of the actors in it is, well, she's called London Thor, which is a real name. And I think that's one of the best names I've ever heard in my life. We watched a film the other day where somebody's name was Reality and I couldn't fathom it. And it was actually based on a true a story. story and that, that was woman's real name is Reality. Reality winner. winner yeah. I couldn't get behind that. Um, that's bad parenting. But yeah, Gen V, I'd watch. Yeah. Cool. My number five, I think... I think I might have talked about this last year, but it came out in the UK this year, so it counts. Is Poker Face, uh, which is like Columbo, but with Natasha Leon instead. And to all the people who were like, I can't get behind this show because it's daft that everywhere she goes, there's a murder. That's how these shows work, you absolute dumb fuck. Just don't care about that and enjoy the ride, lads. I love Natasha Leon. I've got a big fat girl crush on her. She's beautiful and talented and has really great hair that I'm jealous of because my hair's curly, but it never looks that good. And, um, I mean, yeah, Columbo, but with a lady is what this is. Um, And modern, obviously, because it's set in the now. But the premise basically is that she can tell when people are lying. That's why it's called Poker Face. Uh, so Arthur's a bit of Lady Gaga song. Well, I mean, that too, obviously, because that's really um, relevant and obviously her best song. Um, it's not. I really like Poker Face a lot. And what's enjoyable. his face turns up in it, don't I? What's his oh, face? In with the big face. In with the big face. Yeah, you know. The Man in the Moon. Beauty and the Beast. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman? Uh, yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. I wasn't sure whether to count it as this year or not. It was this um, year for the UK and this year when is, we watched yeah, it. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it has got that, there is that skeleton structure involving Ron Perlman as to why, you know, why yes. she's on the run and doing her whole... Incredible Hulk thing. Oh, yeah, it's not the Jessica week. Fletcher thing, is it? Where she oh, just yeah, wanders around lives. and crimes happen. And she yeah. lives in like the same tiny place yeah. where there's three people, and yet somehow there's a murder. Or you know, some are murders. People yeah. don't just move out the fucking That's place. Been a but, but yeah, so when she when she's on the run and, and stumbling into these things, and I like the the the, the Columbo esque way how you see how it's done, and then she yes. just has to prove it, and now, it's the, the backwards theory of it. I thought that was interesting because I thought that would bother me because I tend to quite like. With like Sold murder mystery things. stuff, I like trying to find clues and figuring but it out myself. Most, even though I'm bad at most who done it aren't worth a rewatch. Yeah, but, but this is a how how catch them. I think someone called Columbo once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I really liked it. So that was my number five. Job done, baby. Job done. Uh, so my number four is going to be Platonic. What? Platonic. I've not even heard of this. So if you're not heard of the word though, because you're saying no, confused. I've heard of the word. Bird. Bird, uh, is word. bird is the word. Friendship, yeah. isn't it? Like, you oh. know, non, non-sexy, non-romanticness. Anyway. <laughs> Me, basically. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, so it's Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Um, so the... I do know this. I didn't know that's what it was called. The cast of... Is it Neighbours or... Bad, bad, bad Neighbours. Bad Neighbours. Yeah. In this country because of, obviously, the friend of Australia. Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's married, successful, happily married... He owns a bar, and they've—they were friends, but they fell out because she hated his wife. He gets a divorce, so she meets up with him again, and he basically drags her into his chaos. And they just do lots. They act as if they're 18, 20, well, I suppose twenty-one again, and just do stupid shit. Fair. And it's just a, a basic sitcom. But if you like Seth Rogen, it's Seth Rogen being Seth Rogen. I do. Like does he Seth do the laugh? He does. Of course, he does. Yeah. But he owns a craft brewery where he makes craft okay. beer and he does stuff. Does he give a punny name? I can't remember that. Oh. But, you know, 
And then, like at some point, he smokes and gets high. And what? Yeah, no what? one saw that shit. Oh, Seth, Ro- Seth Rogen, you say? Yeah, but I, I, I think the the, lead, the the chemistry between them works. They're quite good together, and unless you hate them, yeah. So enjoyable, harmless TV. Fair. Where everyone's arsehole. I'm a bit Rose Byrne. I was never going to watch that show physical with her in. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then series three, they're introduced to Zoe Deschanel, and I'm like, now I might need to watch this show. Both of them in 1980s. Fitness wear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay, I was about to, that song instantly came to my head, but I'd never heard of it. So, yeah. (laughs) Richard. Um, I don't think there's a lot to say about this. Um, Everyone listening to this has watched it. Everyone online has too many opinions about it, but it's The Last of Us. Oh, that's my number two. Cool. Oh, right, yeah, we can talk about it then. That's my number three. So, what's about it? Fair enough. Uh, So, my number four then is uh, Boof. Oh, that's my number three. Ah, shit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to just talk about it now? Hang on, so your number three is Last of Us. That's your next one to talk about. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. He's rejigging his list on the fly. We can just talk about Boof now. Okay. Yeah, because that's my number one. What beef? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about beef. We'll talk about beef. Beef. Okay. But beef was a Netflix show that has um, Ali Wong, Ali Wong Stephen and Yun. Stephen Yeun, and uh, is about two people who get into a beef with one another. No, no, for no, stupid no, no. reasons. They no, get into a bit of a road rage. Yeah, road rage beef. No, no, no. Their beef become. Like, they then extend the beef, and it yeah. becomes a beef. It becomes insane. And I... I think there's only one reason you really like this show, though. Because of the song Drive by Incubus that Stephen like, Young sings himself on a the, the two or three episodes, like Huberstank plays, yeah. <laughs> fucking Incubus plays. I mean, I think it was like, the... This bloke who wrote this is my age. <laughs> I think we were watching the first episode and uh, I think it's the reason, isn't it, by Huberstank yeah. that starts playing and we were like, this show is perfect. Yeah. Um, I like Stephen Young a lot anyway. I like Ali Wong a lot as well. I don't think I was anticipating where this show was going to go, though, no. because... God, I don't like think anyone was really fucking silly until it absolutely wasn't and then I was like oh you've just kicked my that, heart right in the fan last episode was fucking holy was just shit fucking escalating I mean his brother Jesus, Jesus Christ the heart Christ. like yeah I don't want to spoil it for anyone really because I think I, it's still on I think, Netflix I think I've said this to you guys before when you wrote this I think Stephen Yeun is one of the finest actors in the world I think he's really good <laughs> he's really fucking good isn't he? I don't disagree but I think I've only seen him in like three things so it's yeah. I mean, I know he used too small a slice, right? And now he's saying he's covered in shit, but he's a very good actor. He is a really good actor. I, yeah, I was kind of blindsided by this because I didn't know anything about it. And we were literally just like, oh, look, this is here. And just popped it on. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really, really I, fucking I was good. surprised as well because I like Ali Wong as a comedian, but I only ever saw her in that fucking terrible film. Uh, where... Cobra Bane? No, I said stand up. That's um, a stand up. She's in a film where, like, she. Going out with someone she, or she, someone she was a kid, and then oh. she's dating Keanu Reeves at some yeah. point. And I thought she was very bad in that. Oh, I forgot that film existed. Always been my neighbour. That's the one, yeah. 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 Um, and she was fucking brilliant in this, I thought. Yeah. I, I really. Beef. Really Beef. Did. And it's fun Beef. to go, Beef. Beef. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, that, that was. So, that was my number three. So, Phil's number three, maybe. Might have been The Last of Us. Yeah. So, Rich, talk about The Last of Us then. It's just The Last of Us, yeah. It's Last of Us, isn't it? It's Pedro Pascal being amazing and Bella Ramsey being amazing. Yeah. Depressing as fuck. 
cried a lot. Massively depressing, really well made, really well acted. Even though I knew the plot, it's the same plot as the fucking game. See, now I did, I only knew, I'd only seen you play the, like the first, yeah, the big song. Where so I knew, gets killed as fuck. I knew that part was coming and I still cried, but it was the, um, What's his name? Played Ron Swanson. Um, Nick Offerman yeah. storyline. So they, they all took that oh a bit, God. but it's still the same. Yeah. That again kicks it's my heart. It's a very powerful right episode, that one, yeah. Jeez Louise. And uh, Melanie Linsky turns up at one point, which yeah. always makes me give you an extra star. I like a Melanie Linsky. You know when a couple of years ago when there was that whole phase everybody was going through of putting their phone, their pictures into the thing on the phone and it would be like, oh, you look like this celebrity and it never looked like you. No. I kept getting Melanie Linsky. You say a couple of years ago, I feel that was like 2003. I mean, it could have been. Like, do I what think it just recycles every few years. Since COVID. Um, yeah, no, I really I really like The Last of Us. I think it's um, great. <laughs> yeah, she's very good. They're very good. I think for me, I've got no attachment to the game. Oh, me neither. I've played it, but I didn't care if it was... It's a bit... You know, we, we've seen the kind of plot before in like The Walking Dead Season 1. TV show kind of thing. It, it's quite similar to that, but I think this had a, a wider. Yeah, yeah, it was on a wider scale. Uh, it was a bit more epic grandeur, and there, there seems to be an overarching thing like, to it. I'm, so yeah, I'm not too bothered about following source material that well, but like the first season of Walking Dead took some weird choices, didn't it? Yeah. Um, compared to the source material, as this took some clever choices to avoid the source material to make it more cinematic and more show you want to watch. Yeah. Cool. Um, I love the monster designs in this as well. And I know they're based on the game, but I think they did really well with like the practical effects and the makeup and stuff. So I really enjoyed it for, for like that aspect as well. Yeah, I'd be surprised if that didn't win like a load of awards for like makeup and the visual effects, visual yeah. effects and shit. Yeah, because it does. Because one of the things that I always found annoying about The Walking Dead was that they actually, the monster, the zombies actually look kind of crap for such a big budget show. Like it's a bit mad. And what I like about this as well, and I don't know if it's reflected in the game or not, but in The Walking Dead, it's very like, but humans are the monsters as well. Whereas this is like, yeah, there are some shit humans, but also there's like a lot of people who genuinely want to help each other through an actual crisis. So that's quite nice. In Last of Us as well, the the people who are a bit shitty are just really caring about themselves rather than jokingly evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even the lead, you know, starts off, he, he's not a good person kind of thing, or he wasn't, yeah. but he does the good things here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I could watch Pedro Pascal do anything ever, because I think he's wonderful. Um, even in that red wine advert that he does where he's slightly awkward. Yeah, I, I think, like it a lot. But, you know, it's, it's not too dissimilar to his Mandalorian role, but it's unique enough. Yeah. And, and you actually get to hear him speak and whatnot. So. See his face and, yeah, and yeah. things. Yeah, that's, that's helpful because he's got a lovely face. It'll be quite interesting to see if they do make him read Richards in the Fantastic Four film. Apparently he's the only one that's technically I been cast, isn't it? would yeah. be very on board with that. No, I but I would like him to keep all of his facial hair, please. He won't. Please and thanks. And he won't. I don't think he'd be a good Reed Richards. Do you not? No. Oh. I don't know who I'd cast as Reed Richards. Not John Krasinski, no, that's for choice. sure. <laughs> Um, so what was your number three? Beef. Beef, right, okay. Already said this. So my number three was Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe, which is, I mean, you've heard me and Rich bang on about Auntie Donna like a million times before anyway. So it's just another like sketch show largely set in a cafe that they... Sell coffee in. Sell coffee at, yeah. And it's standard Auntie Donna absurdist silly nonsense, but very, 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 very funny. 
Sometimes Broden is like, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to describe like comedy sketches without just spoiling little sketches. Uh, so I won't, and I'll just say, just watch it, folks, because it's really funny. I like laughing. It's one of my favourite <laughs> things to do. <laughs> One of my favourite things to do, and so anything that makes me laugh, big thumbs up from me. Isn't that like one of those really shitty jokes in The Simpsons? I like to laugh. I like, I like to jokes. Laugh. Phil, did we do your... So what's your well, I think two? we're up to number two anyway. Yeah. I think my number two is Jury Duty. Okay. Uh, so Jury Duty, something I wasn't expecting to enjoy at all, and it just kind of came out of nowhere, and it's that kind of line between staged and reality TV. Yeah, but. Yeah. It's one of those rare reality TV shows where the person they're following is actually a really decent human being. Yeah. And he's not an arsehole. I don't think they were expecting that, were they? And, and it just kind of, not snowballs from there, but it's just every opportunity. And I'd hate to see, you know, years, well, I hate, hate's a strong word, but, you know, if I found out a couple of years down the line that this guy actually was in on it or was an arsehole or whatever, and yeah. he's edited it. But the plot, for anyone that hasn't watched it, is that there's this one person who's not an actor... And he's selected for what he thinks is jury duty, but he knows it's going to be a reality TV show whilst it's uh, on jury duty. But he thinks that everyone else is in the same boat as him, whereas everyone else on the jury and uh, the and in the court, in the court, and the, and the actual people and... that did the crime or whatnot, um, you know, are actors. And it just gets ridiculous. And through it all, he's kind of given chances to to do the wrong thing and to be an arsehole and stupid things happen that at one point you're waiting for him to just turn around and say no no I'm being punked or whatever here or you know where's Jeremy Beadle kind of thing <laughs> um, but he doesn't and it just comes out really heartwarming and it was just a you know an easy watch but it was heartwarming yeah yeah it was really sweet I um, I wasn't expecting to like the show very much because I was like oh a reality TV thing about jury duty like I've done jury duty it's shit I knew it wasn't that bad but yeah, and also, like, they do so much as well to try and set him up to, like, slag off the other jurors and things like that, and he well, never does. The, the show was written to be, to this guy, for him to be a cunt. Yeah. They, they were planning on to be a dickhead. And then up, halfway through when they realised he was such a good person, they had to change the ending, <laughs> where they give him a fuck ton of money and went, mate, you're quality. <laughs> Yeah, one of the biggest things, I suppose, James Mars, is it James Mars Dunn? James Mars Dunn. Yeah. Dunn, yeah. So he's in it as well, but as himself. Yes. And it's probably funny as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better role than... He seems really... So I've, I've put the kiss of death on him now, haven't I? I've done the thing where, yeah. that I do where I announce I really like someone and then, like, a month later they turn out to be a pedo or something. I hope he doesn't. Uh, yeah. Well, was it when he turns up too. as well, though, and the, the, the guy of the show's about, he's like... Is it Sex Drive or some shitty film, is it? Oh, this, yeah. yeah. And then he turns up the next day with a DVD. He's like, oh, he actually is a big fan of this film. But. If that was me, I'd have took a copy of Sonic. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, excellent choice, yes. Phil. Thanks. Rich, where are we at with you two? Yep. Number two is the Big Door Prize, which is uh-huh. an Apple TV show, I believe. The stars Chris O'Dowd and Gabrielle Dennis. Um, so there's these people in this little town in America, and one day this weird... Kind of fortune telling machine appears in the store that tells you your destiny, but it just gives you one word to most people, doesn't it? Yep. Um, and it sets everyone off on a weird spiral, like yeah. So Chris O'Dowd's character's wife gets royalty or something, so she thinks she's destined for something better than him. So he then becomes paranoid; she's going to leave him. He's a high school teacher, and he says, "Teacher, teacher. I think." So yeah. he's fucking depressed. 
Um, yeah, and you don't know where this machine comes from. It's a bit weird, a bit sci-fi, but mostly about the people and the stuff in it. Chris O'Dowd is brilliant. Yeah, he's I was going to say he's he's really good at playing the lovable everyman, normal human person. Like you don't, he makes mistakes. He's flawed. He's messy, but he's also like he's not messy. Yeah, Yeah, he's He's also not a total like asshole. So you can easily. Josh Cigaro's in it. He plays Georgia. He runs the restaurant, and he's fucking hilarious. So funny. I really liked this show a lot. Um, I would panic about what my... I don't think I'd go in the machine because I'd be too frightened that it'd tell me I was a loser or something. Because sometimes Mine it's not... Mine would say price now on this, but... <laughs> it's not... Because it's not always necessarily like a like a profession it gives you. Sometimes no. it says things like liar or yeah. things Murder. like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, does everyone else in the town know what it says? Only no, if you show right. them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I think it's quite interesting from a sort of... Are things happening as a re- because the cards yeah. are correct or because people are being like self fulfilling no, by the cards kind of thing? But it's an interesting look at like yeah people and how brains work as well as being like really fucking. Friendly. The, the the reverend in it gets one that says father. Yeah, and so he assumes he was destined to have a child, but someone else is like, yeah, but you you are a father. That's yeah. your job, and he's like, mm, I don't believe it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a lot about like your own sort of expectations and things as well, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, I really liked it. I like when you have things that are like sci-fi premises, but the in a real world yeah. kind of thing, like um, like the movie Fingernails and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's just slightly to the left of actually. But you where didn't we are. understand Fingernails until three until weeks after. Yeah, I had a conversation about it with. Before you the talk, can I go and get a beer? Yeah. My number two is The Last of Us, which we have disgusted. So you might as well do your number one next, then. No, we'll go around. We'll go around. So we've done yours. That was beef. Okay, so I'll talk twice in a row. All right, fine. Um, my number one is Guy Montgomery's Guy Montspelling Bay. Yeah. Which is where New Zealand comedian, quite famous podcaster Guy Montgomery, has other New Zealand comedians on the show, and they do a spelling bay. Okay. Yeah. But it is fucking ridiculous. Somehow... It's the most ridiculous show I've ever seen in my life. And you've seen a lot of ridiculous shows. And people, some of the people on it lose their shit They're and they can't spell. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's... Yes, I can't believe the guy who's on with him who's his co-host. He's the most deadpan, weird comedian I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. And then they'll have weird shit like... That I've seen it in his round right now. Where yeah. you've got to spell a word, but he won't tell you which version of it is. And if you ask for it in a sentence, he'll use all Both the different of variations yeah. of the. Okay. If you've ever seen Guy Montgomery, is it anything, homonym? Yeah, homonym, yeah. that's one. Yeah. So, like, if you've ever seen him or heard him on anything, you know how weird it can get. I know a lot of the comedians from watching various versions of Taskmaster from different countries. That massively helped. David. Correct. David Correa's appeared on it. Genuinely and he goes hilarious. Fucking insane. Loses his mind. <laughs> Um, I will say that this would have been my number one, but I wasn't counting it because it's a game show, and I didn't. Where? I didn't feel like it counted to me. But if if I, I had have counted, it would have been Australia is my number two. <laughs> but you claim it's not a new show. Uh, well, it's not because it's a riff on a different Task show Master that's been Australia. knocking around forever. Um, I love Guy Monster. Sanjay Patel is the co-host. There you go. Yes, he's wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolute nonsense. And genuinely funny. I like Guy Montgomery a lot. I think he's hilarious. So There was a version of it on YouTube that's still on there. Um, and then I think the newer ones in this country might be viewable on YouTube. Because it's only on in New Zealand and Australia at the moment, legally. Yeah. But they do put a lot of stuff up online. 
Um, and he does them live as well. But yeah, it's just so fucking ridiculous. See, none of these names mean a single thing to me, so I will try it with open eyes. One of the one of the ranges where they challenge a thirteen year old, see if they can spell a word that a thirteen year old can't. Yeah. They usually fail. You sort okay. of have to guess how the thirteen year old might have spelled it. <laughs> okay. One of the ranges, how many letters were in this jar? Yeah. Um, got to spell a musical instrument that someone's playing. That I did really like. Spell a word on a calculator or translate a word in wingdings. Yes. Um, and then the loser gets asked to wear a dunce hat and sit in the corner at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, sold. <laughs> so, more institutions I, do that. I think you would think it's really funny, actually, and I think we might have to show you some later Good because you. it's genuinely very funny. Um, yeah, I concur. Top-notch telly. My number one was Fiona and Cake. Which I am quite surprised didn't appear in your list anywhere. Because I thought it was bloody amazing. Um, Fiona and Cake are the girly versions of Finn and Jake from Adventure Time. They knocked around in the Adventure Time show towards the latter seasons, didn't they? A little bit. They were fan fiction in Adventure Time itself. Yeah, Yeah. Ice King fan fiction. And this this show was like a sort of mini series set around the premise that Ice King has sort of accidentally brought them to real life into yeah. the actual world. It was bloody brilliant. The first episode in particular first episode was phenomenal. straight up phenomenal, and I was like, "Holy crap!" And it made me want to watch Adventure Time all over again. So I put it on my wish list, and I hope somebody bought it me for Christmas. Did, did, oh, <laughs> that that box on Amazon isn't. Aww. It doesn't have all of them, and it's DVD, not Blu-ray. Rude. No matter what it says on Amazon. Rude. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's colourful, it's bright, it's also weirdly sad. and it's adventure time. Yeah, the elements of it are kind You're of depressing. the main part. It's also very funny. They get Donald Glover back in it. They get Donald Glover back in it, and he's great. All of the voice acting is great. I love Ice King as a character. Apart and from Solomon. one one weird thing they did with the voice acting. Oh yes, yeah, so apparently, so Prismo, who is a character that was originally voiced by Kumail Nanjiani, ended up having a different voice actor because apparently they reached out to his agent, and his agent was like, "No, he's not interested in this." And then loads of fans went mad at him online, and he was like, "I didn't even fucking." Because I know. really wanted to do. Lads, I'd always do Prismo. <laughs> I would. I would have quit my current job to go and do it. So that's actually a little bit sad. Yeah. But I thought whoever it was. They got to replace him was was pretty good. The problem with Kamal is he's got to... Tank Azaria, wasn't it? (laughs) The problem with Kamal is he's got quite a unique voice, I think, so it's hard for somebody to truly imitate. Although, that being said, they're doing a really good job at covering Rick and Morty, aren't they? That's different, man. (laughs) But that's a very unique voice. I don't think it is. I think it's Um, very generic, okay, weird I am voice. With a lot of burps. But yeah, Fiona and Cake was like, if you've seen Adventure Time and you haven't watched this, you really fucking should watch it, because it was... Top tier Adventure Time episodes level good, says I. Telly, nice one. Telly, eight. We did it, we done did a TV. We did done do a TV. There was a lot of crossover, but it's all right, we sorted it out. (laughs) We always do. It's movie time, baby. Phil, what was your number five movie, what you have put in your eyes of 2023 Uh that came out this year? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Films. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, that is my number two. I think that'd be all of our list. I think it will be, so be in it So I think, for me, I've got a different take on it to the two of you. Ooh, but it's in your top five. It is in my top five, which is probably more reflective on the year as a whole, or the little amount of films that I've seen. Right, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was as good as the first one, I so I'm kind of like the only person in the world yeah. that thinks that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but I don't like films that end on a cliffhanger or a part two or a but we that knew that kind was of thing. But, yeah, but it should still be self-serving its own and thing. You, but anyway. you think that only Peter Parker can be called Spider-Man, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah, let's not put that in my mouth. Um, no, great film, great follow-up. Animation. I think the animation... The first one, again, I didn't like as much as the rest of the world because it gave me a headache. I think the animation style that. for this one, is it's a bit calmer. And, and I think they have more distinct yeah. animations for different places, and that massively helps. Yeah. I think the, the, the plot structure in this works better in that there is that central theme with Miguel and, and his, his uh, arc. Yeah. Um, I like the multi-million spider people that there are. Yeah. There's, there's so many good little blink-and-you'll-miss-it gags and, and one-liners. And, and the, the additional characters get more of an overall... I think my, my biggest problem with it was that it just end, you know, it, it is a part yeah, one yeah. kind of thing as opposed to a middle film in a trilogy. Um, but You're concerned it's not going to stick the landing in the my, third one. My concern <laughs> with it being a part one is the fact they haven't even started part two yet. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. because of the strike, they just haven't started it anyway. But as, as a film, again, with the, with, the first, with the first one, it's really unique, the, the styles of animation... I, I like that with this they brought on a lot of the comic the comic artists themselves yeah. and everything's referenced and there's there's Chris Anker did a lot of design work for the different Spider Moons and yeah. I thought that's great because I love his artwork. And Spider Men's and women's the Spider Men's he said Men. Oh sorry, Spider Moons, Spider Ends. Um, so there's a lot of obviously love given to the original source material, but you don't need to have read a comic, so it doesn't matter if you don't know who you know twenty ninety nine is or these these you know one one hit no. characters yeah but each one is unique and the art styles um are obviously unique for each character and yeah if you enjoyed the first one you'll love this one i what i love about both of these films is the score the daniel pemberton score blows my little fucking socks off every time i listen to it a lot this year shit tons in fact we went to see uh into the Spider-Verse with a live orchestra and that blew my tiny mind. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was my number two simply because it was one of the first films I saw this year where I left the cinema and I was like, I could watch that again right now. Like, immediately, just go straight back when in. When you come out on the idea, you watched it pretty quick as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's um, Spider-Punk, the, the animation. Yeah, so I always, um, like in the books... I never cared much about Spider-Punk, but I've always liked the design of the character. Yeah. But this film was the one where I was like, I'm finally getting to see a Spider-Punk that's fucking entertaining. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya did such a good job. <laughs> so good doing that. I mean, all the voices in this are really, really good. So, But um, yeah, like Spider-Gwen is one of my favourite comic book characters of all fucking time. That, well, all time. But, you know, there's been a recreate in the past 15 years or so. Yeah. So I'm glad she gets a lot of... Like, the first Spider-Man, Spider-Verse film, she was, had a lot of stuff in. But this one, I was like, oh, it's kind of yeah. a film about her. Yeah. Um, which I really liked. I like the look of her world as well. Yeah, it's very, I like the way it sort of reacts to her emotions, like the colours in the background and stuff. That's so well designed. Well. I imagine that. I don't know. I say Wiggum's in there. But I think the, the first film was very much about introducing Mars Morales to the, the yeah. public and it was his film kind of taking it away from Peter Parker. I yeah. think, like you say, this is kind of her film, taking it away from Miles, but not taking it away. I love Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld in it, isn't he, as... Um... Spider-Man in Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Random reference, you never watched Arnie Donald's taste of fun. It really is. 
um, I loved those sections as well in his look, his yeah. universe. Oh, they looked, really got lovely, yeah. And sounded like brilliant, yeah, really, really good. I just, um, again, it's like another film as well where I was like, Where's the, I need the next part of it like now, and it just as much as it saddens me that they haven't they haven't started on the second one yet. I do think like you know give the animators a fucking break because apparently oh, there God, was yeah. it was shitty Condition. shitty yeah, conditions. Yeah, I was sad. Right? There was one animated film come out that I think we might talk about in a bit, but <laughs> the only one I've heard about recently where the people, people were like, trekked like dog shit. That was good. That was I'd, I'd work there again. <laughs> Well, in this, um, people were like, no, we have to work like 70 fucking hour days and shit. Yeah, I didn't see my family for weeks on end and such, and I'm like, we don't need to do that to make good movies. Just take a bit fucking longer. Don't worry about it, lads. Um, but yeah, I am chomping at the bit for the next one. <laughs> what got me, though, was when it ended and it said, you know, oh, to be continued in Beyond the Spider-Verse, and some people were like, I can't believe this. I was like, when this was first announced, it was called Part, part one. 1. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The figures I've got over there say part one on it because it was next to that to start with. Yeah. Anyway. I adored it. Um, what number was that in your list, Rich, so I can write that down? Three. Three. Cool. So what's your number five? My number five is The Holdovers. Oh, wow. That made um, it in. Yeah. Okay. Which is an Alexander Payne film starring Paul Giamatti and Dominic Cesar. Um I think it went straight to Netflix. I don't know if it had a cinematic release anywhere. Um Paul Giamatti plays a professor at a college just after the Vietnam War where some students have to stay behind because their parents are away and can't have them for Christmas. Very quickly, those students dwindle to one because yeah. the others go away. So we have to look after this kid who we fucking hates to start with. So there's him, the cook, and this kid, and then stuff happens. It's a very Christmassy film. It is. It is probably going to go in my rotation. I never thought Paul Giamatti could make me feel for him so much because it's Paul okay. Giamatti, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know. Um, there are times in this film he looks his fucking weirdest as well somehow absolutely <laughs> but it's fucking it's it's a beautiful heartwarming film that has in it the greatest scene <laughs> ever committed to film you fibber no it's the greatest <laughs> but your mouse character is walking in the there's no reason for this scene walking in the snow picks up American football sort of death outside he throws it falls practically at his feet because he's so shit at it but he looks proud of himself <laughs> Okay. And for it's some reason, problem. in the film, it is one of the funniest. It's a fucking hilarious scene with him. It is, yeah. Because his character is wisey done. He's such a loser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really liked this film. I didn't know what it was when you put it on and you were like, do you want to watch this? And I, I didn't know what it was about. I just knew it was a yeah. people who raving about it. I knew Alexander Payne films. You meant sideways, didn't you? And stuff. So oh, okay. Um, and I was like, I like Jim, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is very Christmassy and I'd, yeah. I'd be quite happy to put it in the rotation for festive movies every year um yeah concur my number five was marcel the shell with shoes on which is technically from this year because that's when it came out in the uk but it has been actually out for about two years (laughs) at this point it is a fake documentary about a little anthropomorphic shell uh little shell person voiced by jenny slate with shoes on Conch shell? Is it a conch shell? I don't know. Uh, it's it some sort of seashell. It looks like a snail shell. It's a squiggly shell. And I was not expecting to have a cry over a shell. <laughs> but there we go, it happened. Um, it is a film, it's very funny and cute and oh, sweet. It's really funny. Yeah. And like, it's borderline toy, but at the same time, it's very like heartfelt. It's about sort of like the the grief of loss whether that's actual 
bereavement or like loss of a relationship or what have you it's about change it's about the power of community but it's not like one of the things i really enjoyed about it is that when you tend to get films about like grief and stuff they're either just relentlessly depressing or they're a bit too hopeful at the end and you think yeah. like that's not really like that's not how the and pain i think this film didn't end with out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it was hopeful, was but it wasn't... But the ending it was building to from the first scene, practically. Yeah. Um, but I just, like, was so taken by surprise because I thought, because of it being Jenny Slate, I thought it was just going to be, like, a funny little shell movement. And then I was openly weeping. At... She's been in a few things that are quite moving and yeah. important. Isabella Rossellini was wonderful as the little nana shell. <laughs> Marcel's little nana. Um and yeah and it was just like one of those films where like visually it looks really good to like by the end i hadn't in my in my brain i was like oh yeah shells are just alive and walk around and that's <laughs> how it is because you almost forget that this isn't like a real living little thing and it's just it's just it's so fucking cute i can't cope with how cute it is and also it made me cry twice and it's just twice mm-hmm. well a happy cry one of them was okay but yeah, I don't know whether it was like the absolute best time that I could have watched this or like... No, it's the worst time. Just the, the, the most like <laughs> cathartic thing in the world. Um, but I thought, yeah, it genuinely, like, truly touching and I loved it. Four for Phil. Uh, my number four is Barbie. That's my number three. I like this a lot. I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Not that I went into it being a, you know... Woman hating, blah blah blah. Mm. But yeah, misogyny. This is the future that left his twant. <laughs> Just, I mean, I wouldn't mind. It and looks you know, in a, in, a, in a film where Barbie's the lead character, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, need I say more? Mm. Just, just Ryan Gosling. I think is a, a genuinely amazing actor, and I think his performance in this was not what I expected at all, and that. You know, moments like the synth dance off were just hilarious. Brilliant. The opening sequence, um, and just some amazing laugh out loud moments. Um, obviously, the main plot really important. Um, you know, very well put. Um, uh, Margot Robbie was was great in it. Um, I think I don't. For me, it was a four star film as opposed to a five star film that certain people have. But I just found the whole Barbie going into the real world a bit jarring at times, and the whole Will Ferrell. Yeah. aspect of it but I think the you know I'd have watched days of the, the Barbie land parts yeah. and just people dancing oh, yeah. if this was just a series of shorts or a show you could have got a lot more out of just the Barbie parts yeah but being a film it has to get to some form of plot and resolution doesn't yeah. it yeah. I talked quite a lot about this on the episode that I did with Danny Abram and the, the one thing that I saw a lot of people levelling at it is that it's not very intersectional in its feminism because it's a very feminist movie but what I will say is that I actually think it's so everything showed... has to be everything. Well, this is the okay. thing. So That's I unacceptable. I think not only did it contain a lot of characters that other movies wouldn't have, like there's a disabled Barbie, there's like different colours of Barbie, well, there's different Barbie. sizes of Barbie, there's a trans, trans Barbie. Like um but also, yeah, I it bothers me that we get so few like good films made by women that all of them have to be everything. Yeah. Like I don't think this film needs to be like a, a full blown feminist manifesto crossing no. over every intersectional thing because it's a Barbie movie ultimately. Um and for what it for what it did do, I think it did it really well because it didn't like 
it was very clear in its message, but it didn't like spend all of its time criticising its audience or making you feel like a fucking asshole, which a lot of movies yeah. can do. Poke fun at Zack Snyder, so yeah, it's, it's more films <laughs> it need that. Um, I love Michael Cera so much Who? in this movie. Uh, he's just Alan. Oh, it's, just, okay. it's Alan. Um, Can the clothes fit him though? Ken's supposed to do for you. I yeah, it's it's. I did say to you when we left the cinema, didn't I? That I feel quite bad as a woman coming out of this movie and thinking that Ryan Gosling and Michael Cera run away with it, but they kind of do. Yeah. Um. But it is still, it's so good, and I love all the practical effects of like the bits where they're travelling to the yeah, from Barbie yeah. Land to the to the real world and stuff is absolutely gorgeous. There's one big problem with that. What? Midges in it. Midges in it. Get a midge jump scare. <laughs> Um, yeah, I like, I like it a lot. I liked as well, I know you hated it, but I liked the weird sense of community there was around seeing that film because so many of us there were all dressed in pink and people were saying hi Barbie to each other as they walked past. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, you know my favourite thing is when strangers think they can talk to <laughs> Yeah, I... A stranger is just a friend you haven't met. Yeah, it's just a bad I don't my friends now. True. <laughs> um, <laughs> Was that in your list? Do I need to no. note that down anywhere for you? Okay, cool. Nowhere near my top ten. Uh, so what was your number four then? Number four is Bottoms. Ah, okay. Which is a film by Emma Seligman, who also directed Shiva Baby, which was a film a couple of years ago I fucking loved, starring Rachel Sonata and Ayo Edebere. Edebere. So they are two high school students who kind of accidentally form a fight club. Yeah. Because um, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really awkward. They don't really fit in. One of them is trying to get me one of the popular girls. Um, and yeah, they form a, a fight club between the girls. Um, it has some of the funniest fucking... It's either fucking stupid or oh, comedy. Yeah. It has some of the funniest fucking lines in it. Marshall Lynch is in it, who's a former NFL player, who is brilliant. Incredibly funny in it. Um, the ending is fucking bonkers. Shit. shit starts happening. You're like, I did, okay, I didn't even, even though this film is weird, I did not expect this. <laughs> And I think Rachel Sonata is a fucking star and she should be in everything. She's fantastic. Yeah. I talked with Mike about this on the last episode and I said then that like this this would have been higher in my list if it weren't for that ending. Because I know for you it really fucking landed and for Mike it did too. Whereas for me it came so far out of left field. Yeah, that's I what I want. I couldn't wrap my brain around it at all. I was like, what am I seeing? I do not understand why this is happening. And I lost my mind a tiny bit towards the end there. Um... But I adore Ayo Edebiri as well. I think she's wonderful. And I saw it until this year. I only I hadn't seen her in anything. Yeah, I knew of her, and then this year, obviously, she was in. I think you should leave. Particularly, <laughs> a couple of films, and she's a voice in Mutant uh, Mayhem. I think she's a voice in Cross the Spider Verse as well. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it's been a good year for Ayo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's fun to follow on Letterboxd and then again she'll be like, I'm in this five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I'd do if I was, even though I probably wouldn't watch it if I was in it because I'd be too embarrassed. Um, still haven't listened to Raygun and Starburst season two. No, I, I really like this film, but yeah, I think the, your tolerance for the ending will, will sort of dictate Maybe, where it yeah. lands in your, because yeah. it obviously it really landed for you, but for me I was just like, but huh? <laughs> And I lost my mind a tiny bit. My number four was Oppenheimer. We done did the double. We took the day off work and we did the Barbenheimer. And I, we went to see Oppenheimer first because I was convinced that I was uh, potentially not going to like it because 
What? I thought we saw Barbie first. No, we saw Oppenheimer first. Um, did you think Oppenheimer would depress you and then you... No, I didn't think it would be depressing. I thought it would be boring for me because as much as I like most of Nolan's movies uh, and I really like Killian Murphy, I'd heard it was a it was a film that was three hours long and it was just men talking largely. So and we I saw thought, Oppenheimer at midday. Yeah, and then we saw Barbie after that. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was worried that it we was... We saw Barbie at 9am. No, somehow... Somehow, they, they did indeed make a movie that's three hours of men, largely just men talking, but it is one of the best films I I've saw this talking. year. It's um, so well sound designed, it's almost fucking stupid. It's stunning to look at. Like, nearly all of the performances are tip-top, like, A-game level stuff. Ludwig Jorensen's soundtrack is the tip. They, they created a bomb, an actual bomb for this film. <laughs> That's kind of mad. Yeah, I, I really liked it. The only thing that, that sort of tickles me about this film now is that somebody pointed out afterwards that Oppenheimer's uh, wife is a bit too much like the wife from the I Think You Should Leave skit with the magician who keeps having a go at him for not standing up for himself and not, you know, why did he make, have a magician make a fool out of you? And now I can't stop thinking about that when I watch I, it. One thing for this... <laughs> film stops it being tipped off for me and Gary Oldman is fucking terrible Gary Oldman. <laughs> he's in it for five minutes and again he's like he's so hit and miss for me when he's good he's so good but when he's not he's like I think he's mostly bad. bad I think people forget he's mostly bad yeah I, I was thrown by his performance um, which is probably why this is four and not higher up my list but yeah I was not anticipating enjoying it it didn't feel like three hours to me no. at all it is, um, it is a long film though yes like, and it's heavy going yeah that's, that's um, yeah. but so, it's so intelligently made yeah this was my number one <laughs> sorry <laughs> no, 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 that's absolutely, I've done it to you at least twice so it's fine um, and like you say it was I was expecting to go in and have a struggle with a time and you know check my phone or worry about it but I didn't. Yeah. And there were times when it was a bit overindulgent uh, in in the, the Nolan way. Yeah. And it probably could have been a bit shorter and cut some cut some bits out. But just for the for the subject matter and the content, it was just it was just did you see mesmerising? Well? Yeah. 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 But it's like I went and saw uh, Tennant and Dunkirk, and I really enjoyed those in IMAX at the cinema. Hated them when I watched them at home. And I think with those two films, it was about the, the atmosphere and the sound yeah. and the IMAX worked the for, for, for the scope. But I think this can, could be watched at home. I think Oppenheimer, I, I will re-watch, whereas I got about 10 minutes into Tenant in my sofa and I was like, fuck that. Because um, it just didn't work. It, it wasn't so about I the think, sound balance. I think it's worth seeing Oppenheimer in IMAX. I think the scenes with the bomb and that scene with the sound when it fucks you up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, because it's mostly about men talking and the performances in it are so fucking good. Yeah. It's definitely worth, you know, fucking watching it again. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, think- I tried, I loved Dunkirk and then, yeah, I tried to rewatch it and I was like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's like just a war film, mate. You know, even the, the, the bit where they're in that very small room and, you know, they break that up into, into segments and the, the, the other characters they introduce along the journey, they all have some importance. Mm. Yeah. It's not just one man. I know one man is the focus, but that you, you do build that really large ensemble cast who all have a part of it. I think people turn up like quite famous people for three or four minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's not just one or two, it's quite a few of them. Yeah, I really loved it. 
Three for Phil. Three for Phil. Um, three for Phil was Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3. Oh, okay. Which I think, again, going through my list, this is probably the first time I've done this where, or I've made a list where I haven't had any kind of independent films or anything in my top five, but I think I've seen mostly... When I've gone to the cinema, it's just been for those big, big yeah. films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't made a lot of time to watch films this year, just because you know, in that kind of post-COVID world, my head hasn't had the concentration, and it's like I've got two hours. I can watch something that might be shit, or I can watch something that I know I'll enjoy, or I can just scroll on my phone, kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah. I've, I've been more less selective about more no more selective about what films I've seen this year. Um, I've probably seen least least films this year than I have since about 2016. Ooh. Whereas I think 2020 I watched too much. Oh, yeah, when Rich was going through those couple of years where you were trying to watch 365 movies in the I year. I've done that most years. Well, I know we do, yeah, but when we tried purposefully to do it, it started feeling like homework and it became... But like in I 2020, there was a month watching. in 2020 where we watched in one month 120 films. Yeah. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lockdown was a fun time, wasn't it? You just finish work and put, I'm going to put four put films film, on tonight. Yeah, Get to bed at 1am, why not? Which isn't to take away from Guardians, but you no, know, my, my, my top five are very much you know blockbuster studio films kind of thing. But I think Guardians Part 2 was alright. It was just copied the kind of formula of the first. It didn't go anywhere. It was just sat in there. Um, but I think Guardians 3 had a lot of kind of heart and soul. And mm. I don't know how he got away with it being a 12A or whatever the, you know, the equivalent is in your country listeners of the world but um you know the stuff with rocket was really fucking dark yeah yeah it just you know the, the ending and the resolution of the, the character name but like the fucking his makeup at the end and shit is like pretty fucked up if you're a kid yeah i will be honest this movie lost a couple of like a half a star for me because i found the rabbit thing too scary <laughs> i didn't like i didn't like how it looked or moved or how it hung there like the corpse of a rabbit with legs yeah spidery legs and that dropped it down for me because I found it hard to empathise with things I was too scared of like I didn't really like the walrusy thing in the wheelchair thing as well it upset me a bit too much so I think I preferred Guardians 2 because I'm a sucker for anything that's about having daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> that film is daddy issues in space uh, one, I mean yeah I suppose but I um, think you know the, the, you know, Mantis had a nice kind of resolution obviously they left it wide for Peter for the, yeah. for the whatever the fuck else happens in the MCU now that I tell you what I fucking loved yeah what I loved about it and I was very glad they did it I was really worried when we well not worried because that makes it sound like I you know it really affected my life it didn't but I was concerned that they were gonna put uh, that the Gamora and Peter were gonna get back together oh yeah and I was like that that would be so shit. Like, I would really hate that. And I can't even really explain why. I just think it would be just so lame and shit. It would just undo the point of the... Uh, like, why do it? Why bother? Yeah, like, why bother doing it. that storyline? I mean, you could say that with a lot of comic-related stuff yeah. where it's like, look, we've just undone it. But I <laughs> it's think been retconned. It was just, but, you know, Gunn ended the trilogy on his terms and yeah. we'd had the nice little holiday special in between mm. that was a bit more upbeat and this was just got proper dark but yet was also had so much heart and it was a and it family was still film funny. yeah yeah yeah, which oh, Mantis different jokes still very funny. I love Mantis. I love I love Drax. I could watch a Drax. I probably couldn't. It'd probably yeah. be annoying after a bit. But I love Drax um, in small doses. What I really liked about Guardians as well, and I I can't remember who I was talking to about this, um, is that 
it's set entirely on different planets. One of them looks like it's made out of like body parts and shit like that. But it looks tangible, like yeah. it almost looks real. Which is why I fucking hated Quantumania. Because that looked like shit. It looked like a shitty CGI thing filmed on a fucking sound studio garbage. It looked like you could put your hand straight through it because it wasn't real. And that's what I love about Guardians, is that I don't know what like different team they've got working on that. But the effects in it are really fucking good. But I think I don't know, I wonder if that comes from Gunn's background as an indie filmmaker. Maybe. He's very much, you know, physical effects and stuff mm. and even, you know, uh, like even the makeup and stuff. Yeah, yeah. all the budget for Quantum Man, you probably went hush money for Jonathan Majors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ugh. what what a guy. Um, so moving on, Rich. <laughs> so, <laughs> on so three, Spider. Rich's three was Spidey. My three was Barbie. So your number two. <laughs> My number two was uh, Evil Dead Rises. Okay, that oh. was the mention. So I'm oh, glad you Evil Dead Rise. Sorry, whatever you call it this time. The Great uh, East pre-credit scene this year. Yes. Um, the way that title card happens yeah. is wonderful. The Great Rises. Oh, <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, yeah, I'm a massive Evil Dead fan, and just, you're in good company. Yeah. It was, you know, a wonderfully creepy supernatural slasher, and it was, it had its own. It was his own film entirely, yeah. but it, it built on the law, and it you know it was respectful to the original ones. And um, uh, Alyssa Sutherland was was great in it. And yeah, you've you've all heard of Evil Dead, I'm sure you have. And it's not just a, a it's it's definitely not a remake. It's not just another one just tacked on. So it's not a you know wrong turn seven or whatever. <laughs> but it's it, and I, it's I, I like the last Evil Dead, but it was just them in a cabin. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was difficult to get too hot to bear it. Yeah. And then the people I saw who detracted from these guys, that's not Evil Dead. And I'm like, that's the fucking point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I really liked about it was, again, it's like the visuals of it. There's a bit where, like, it becomes like a nightmare scuttly beast thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I fucking hated that. Well, yeah, but given for the exact yeah, your phobias and things, I can I can see why that. Point, <laughs> All the way just, that moved nightmare. Yeah, when that one kid's just there eating glass, and that's when you realise it's fucked up. And yeah. It, yeah. And again, oh, yeah, if it's, you don't like blood, this is not a movie. Well, yeah. it's <laughs> but it's yeah. again with it's it. And there's elements where it's it's what you can't see that's yeah. scary again, as a, as horror film should be. The stuff yeah. and the, the peephole, and I like that. You know, it, it's got those the the elements oh. with the mother and the. the the children. And I really think the scene at the beginning where she's reading the book and then she starts reading the book when she's not reading it is so creepy. Yeah. It gets you in that mood already yeah. pretty early on. And, and the, the children actors didn't piss me off, no, which, is, no. which is good. Yeah, that's that's. I've, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'm hard to please when it comes to child actors. I find most children intensely irritating. Oh, in horror films especially, and bad. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like the only thing you can say about this was purposeful in that, like the kids were dumb as fuck. Like, don't touch the book with teeth. What are you doing? But he, you know, he touched and the book with the don't teeth. Don't do that again. Oh, well, do it again. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. It was. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I really loved it. So, I like a lot of Evil Dead. I think it's wonderful. And um, what I liked about it was like what you were saying is that it's respectful, but it's not just trying to make like oh we're just going to do like Ash again, but it's not Bruce Campbell like. They will rule their own Oh, yeah, thing. and the tie back is it's just his voice on the record. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, look at this. It's yeah. just, oh, maybe Campbell is in it. But. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's, it's you know, after the um, Ash vs. Evil Dead TV show, it's very different tonally and yeah. Yeah. just another way to look at the series. Oh, yeah, the they genre. could still make an Ash film. And it yeah. doesn't impact this, and yeah. that doesn't impact the Ash films if they yeah. make one. Yeah. 
that's one of the things I really like about like Godzilla at the moment because I think there's a real place for like insane Hollywood nonsense popcorn Godzilla. Stop but then Godzilla existing. minus one can also exist yeah. and be fucking kick you in the fanny fantastic. Um, Rich, your number two. My number two is Killers of the Flower Moon. I am not at all surprised by Which that. Is a Scorsese film starring DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, uh, Robert De Niro, and uh, Jesse Plemons' hat. Jesse Plemons' um, hat, yeah. He's going to win the Oscar this year for most hat. Most offer. hat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people probably know what this is about. If you listen to podcasts, you're probably nerd enough to know Scorsese <laughs> film. But it is about the killing off of Native Americans who own land that had a lot of oil, in essence. Yeah. And the investigation into who did it. Um, yeah, it's just fucking brilliant. Like, we went to see it after eating quite a big roast. Really big roast at the Wolf, yeah. So I was a bit tired and I thought, this might actually be too long for me, but it fucking wasn't. Um, amazing film. It's the first time I saw DiCaprio in a while play someone who's a bit of a fucking idiot and a loser, mm. um, which is great. Um, De Niro played one of the most evil fucking men to actually ever exist when you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Plemons, uh, Plemons is actually great in it. We joke about it. Oh, I like but Plemons really generally. Good. Yeah. And Lily Gladstone should win all the Oscars for this. She should. It's impossible that she won't. But um, yeah, it's fucking masterpiece and it's difficult to. I don't want to delve into it. It's a yeah, real story. It's, it's, so too, it's heavy as well, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. heavy, but I don't want to spoil it if you don't know the story and I'm going to watch it at some point. What I will say, again, is that I was worried about this one because I thought it's a three-hour, three, three-and-a-half-hour movie. I've just had a big roast. It's quite warm. I'm going to have a nap. Didn't feel like three-and-a-half hours to me at all. Didn't. At, not once did I feel like, is it time to go home yet? which happens sometimes when I'm watching long-ass movies, especially when I'm at the cinema and I can't just scroll on my phone if I get yeah. bored off my head. Retail or Retail's fan fiction. It's, it's definitely on my watch list and I really want to watch it. I just haven't been in the right headspace to. Yeah. Which is just I saying, can it's, understand it's, it's that. quite heavy material, but yeah. I think what I like is that he actually brought on board consultants and he actually reached yeah. out to the... I saw a lot of white saviors online who say it's racist because this and this and this. Well, it's then, told from the white perspective. And then they actually, so is the book it's based but, on. No, but the real story is. Well. But then they bring out Native Americans, including in Gavstown, and go, no, but he did this, this, and this to make sure everything was accurate. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, stop being stop being white people, please. Well, like, yeah. There were people on set yeah. constantly. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, I thought it was really good. Because I, I, again, Scorsese's one that I'm like, mm, so again, it was another one where I was like, "Look, Rich wants good to go and see. Good, it. I like to go to the cinema. You like the Goodfellas. I do like Goodfellas. Yeah, I like the Goodfellas. The Goodfellas. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I really liked. I think that was like my number eight or something. So I think the book. I, I like the book, but I think the book concentrates a lot more on the crime fighters. I have just started reading the book. Whereas and the I, film concentrates a lot more on the people. Yeah, I don't like the order the book is in currently. It's <laughs> it's bamboozled me because it leaps around, and I'm like, oh, come no. on now. Um, but I am only like a hundred pages in, so yeah, maybe quite, shut my yeah. mouth. Um, cool. Well, my number two was Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. So, um, and your number one was Oppenheimer. Okay. So, your number one. <laughs> my number one was Past Lives. Um, Aha! My number six. <laughs> okay, which is filmed by Celine Song, starring Greta Lee, Tae Yu, and John Magaro. Um, it's about two school children in South Korea who. Are very close friends, and I think it's one of those kind when you're friends of opposite genders and a kid, people like, oh, your boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, her family then leaves South Korea for Canada? LA or Canada, yeah, then she moves to New York, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're 12, when she's 
an adult. She gets in touch with him online. They start chatting. Um, they plan to visit. It doesn't really happen, does it? He goes away to college and all that stuff. Um, and then ten years later, she's then married. He does come over and spend a week over there. And it's how they feel about each other now. Mm-hmm. Um, the last scene is the most heartbreaking scene in cinema history. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. And it, it's... Yeah. It, the nothing about this film is like normal films about how people are romantically. There's no misleading scenes it's where a boyfriend gets angry and starts an argument or anything. It's just how people can actually feel about each other yeah. and grow apart, but also still be that 12-year-old at some point. Um, Gretelie's phenomenal in it. Absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, that whole bar scene and that whole end scene is Oof. just fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant film. I didn't know what this film was about. Uh, and again, it was another one that... It was at the time when we had our Cineworld cards, so we were just like, let's go and see everything we can. Um, it wasn't, because from January I've been waiting to see this film. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in Bottoms, the only film this year I cared about. Fair enough. Year. I had no idea what it was. And when it came up at the start that it was A24, I was expecting it to be spooky in some manner, or, or like vaguely unsettling. Turns out not. It's just a straight up like Korean romance drama. No, thing. most day twenty four films aren't horror. Well, I'm, oh, I, yeah, I'm, become, I'm starting to realise that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was stunning in the way that it is filmed and presented. Everyone in it is brilliant acting wise, and it's very real. Because like you were saying, the problem with a lot of like ro- one of the reasons I don't really like romance as a genre is because there's always that like contrived sequence where there's some big misunderstanding and the main couple fall out. Yeah. And it could easily be sorted by them just having a fucking conversation. But it becomes like a convoluted fucking shenanigan. And like I d- it, all that sort of shit drives me insane. Uh, whereas this was just a straight up film about the relationship between two people who potentially could have been had emigration not happened but it did and so this is where they're at but this is the right director's first film yeah it's so good it's so fucking good like i loved it um good choice rich is there anything you'd kind of compare it to either in no no i don't don't know what i would yeah it's um just brilliant um my favorite thing about this film is it made me stop going to cineworld yeah. Because someone took their kid into it and let them watch the phone. Someone on the phone kept the whole film. Yeah, yeah. While they threw popcorn everywhere at this film. Yeah. I don't know why so they bizarre. went to the film. They're not the kind of people who should be watching this film. <laughs> I mean, I think you are allowed to watch films like that if you have no, kids, not. but get no, a babysitter. No, <laughs> Just get a babysitter, lads. Um, my number one, surprising absolutely zero people who've ever met me even briefly at all, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. What's that about? It's... Uh, Turtles film. It's about some teenage mutant ninja turtles, and they get into some sort of like mayhem with some of the mutants. Um, really stupid. I'm not going to talk about it for ages because I did a whole fucking. How did they get out of their tank? (laughs) (laughs) I got a whole. I don't know how they ended up in the sewers to begin with to get all the gooey, but let's not. Gooey. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's ooze. Um. All of the turtles. Everybody knows this, and. as soon as the trailer for this came out, I was like, well, this looks fucking great. I can't. I actually can't wait. And then I went to see it, slightly worried that I might have already put it on too high of a pedestal that it wasn't going to reach. And then it fucking kicked that pedestal in the face and was even better than that. And I just, I loved every fucking second of it. It's it is the best turtle film. 
it's funny. It, that it, was actually my next question on your turtle spectrum. Even list. Steve Barron, the director of the 1990 Turtles movie, says this is the best Turtles <laughs> movie. <laughs> so, and we're um, not speculating there. You said it at a Q and A. We to me, we were at a dinner. <laughs> But on your ranked Turtles film, it's number three. Well, it's number three. Well, two and three are... Interchangeable. Interchangeable, Roy yeah. Is, is dog shit. I love Boys of the TMNT. See, dog shit. I've just tried to justify this before. I do like a little bit of angst with my turtles and Rise of the TMNT, the movie. You like uh, bacon, delivers. egg and cheese with your turtles. Um, I do love a bacon, egg and cheese with my turtles. This film is really fucking funny. It looks absolutely good. Like, the animation is the tits. All of the voice acting is great. I was worried about Jackie Chan as Splinter, but he's actually really fucking well, they never, good. They never claimed... When he was first cast, I thought he was going to be racist. Yeah, is they he never claimed be, oh, any old Asian guy. That he was an actual rat. No, uh, he was just a rat. Yeah. And now he's a, and now he's a rat man. He's a rat dad. Um, but yeah, all of the voice actors in it, but I love that they picked like actual teenage boys for the yeah, Turtles. the for boys are very Howard, John Cena and Seth Rogen. Barely in it. Barely, they're barely in it, but I like I like. Out of all Cena. the other mutants, the only one that has a decent part is Oyster. Oh yeah, Superfly and Mondo. The Mondo's two. barely in it as well. I think you're all regular which Mondo's in it. I adored Ray Filet. Yeah. I need to see more. I, I can't wait for the TV show that's apparently going to start in April next year. Good luck um, with that. Yeah. Uh, the sequel is in the works already. I'm very excited about all of it. It's got a fucking great soundtrack. It has got a good soundtrack. Well, no, it has. It's got a great score and a great soundtrack. You put the soundtrack has on it. What's a lot up, of by four non-blondes. Sold. And the He-Man remix. The He-Man remix of it, yeah. It's got heart. It's got jokes. It's got... Doesn't it have the song Anti up in it twice? I, I think so, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the No Diggity sequence is straight up brilliant. Uh, one of your favourite scenes of the year with the bacon, egg, the and, bacon cheese. egg and cheese. Like this film just fucking delivers and mm. I love it. I so love it. Was it. The, the guy from Mitchell's vs. Machine. Yeah, I really enjoyed that film. So I think you take all the robot stuff out of Mitchell's vs. Machine, it's an amazing film as well. <laughs> and the actual human stuff and the jokes are brilliant. Yeah. The. Um, what I really like as well about the turtles is that the designs are somewhere between, and I don't know how they managed to do this, but they did. It is somewhere between the '87 cartoon and the original Mirage comics, yeah. in that it's like kind of the cartoony kind and silly, of up and weird, but the right. humans look gross and everything's a bit sort of scritchy, scratchy, unfinished. Um, it's 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 so close to perfect. It's ridiculous. I love it. Has it got Casey Jones? It hasn't, but I imagine the series, the series and the sequel will. Um, but I mean I'm game for way more of this please and thank you um, but also bring back Rise of, Unpause Rise of the Team because no, no. I love it please thanks everyone um, hey that was our top shit of this year you've got no honourable mentions in your films well my honourable mentions are a lot of the ones that you guys have already oh, okay. talked about so like Past Lives would have been mine it would have been in mine and probably Killers of the Flower Moon um Maybe, oh, Godzilla minus one, yeah. which we saw the other day, and blew my tiny brain, um, which was gorgeous. I think we should mention, are you there, God, it's me and Margaret? Because it's a film I didn't think I'd care about, but I was like, we'll go and see it, something to do. And I thought it was the most cosy fucking film I've ever seen in my life. It was so very cosy. Judy Blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Rachel McAdams is amazing in it, as yeah. is, what's his face? You're the brother. I don't remember. Oh, he makes the films with the people. He's in The Curse. He makes the films with the people. Yeah, he's he made Brother make all them films oh, like. that you hate. 
<laughs> Good Times and that one where Adam Sandler shapes a bit jewelry. Oh, Uncut Jim? Yeah. Oh, fucking hate Benny Safter. Benny Safter, yeah, he's very good in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what I really like about the film is, like you said earlier, about people like, oh, there's loads of weird issues where they just talk to each other and be all right. That film does that. The kids do weird shit, but then not kind of talk to each other and end up being friends, and it does, it's lovely. And then the other one was, Please Don't Destroy the Treasure of Foggy Mountain. Oh. Right. <laughs> Which is a film. The Sphinx says what? I never heard was going to exist. It, for some reason, it got a theatrical release over here. And it's three people from SNL and Conan O'Brien as one of their dads. And it, it's up there with Hot Rod as stupidest weird films oh, with yeah. non-sequitur jokes for no real reason. It's and so I'm daft. wanting to get a bigger audience like Hot Rod did because it's so fucking stupid and it's very Lonely Island. It's really funny. I want to give an honourable mention to a film you fucking really hated, Renfield. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I liked Renfield. No, I had a lot bad. of fun with Renfield. But I know you don't... You're not a big Nicholas Holt fan anyway, are you? I don't mind Nicholas Holt. My, my problem with the film is everything without Nick Cage was bad. <laughs> everything. <laughs> and one of the bits with, with Nick Cage actually good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that was it for honourable mentions for me because you guys have talked about all of them already. I so thought really like, I was afraid, but Stace hated it. I did hate it. I did hate it. Um, is there anything of the year 2024 what you is looking forward to with your brain? Uh, Furiosa. And June to June to yeah. I am looking forward to Deadpool three, even though I'm also God, a no. little bit scared about it. <laughs> Forgotten us. And <laughs> Sonic three. <laughs> well, what's in my wish? More what? Um, There's a few films already out now that new, I do want to see. Uh, what was it? Um, the Jake Johnson. Oh, the one with, with Andy Sandberg. Yeah. <laughs> you can see where our minds lie, can't you? Uh, but, but got, you've got Priscilla and you've got a few of things that are out next year over here that are already out in America, which I do want to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think June 2, Furiosa is it for me. But yeah, that one looks all right. I forgot what it's called now. And then you've got, you've obviously got John too. Are you not looking forward to Madame Webb, which looked no. really boring from the trailer? <laughs> Beetlejuice 2? No. No. It might be all right, but... Craven the Hunter, which I forgot was a thing, even though I've seen the trailer several times. And I think that Godzilla, Godzilla X Kong trailer looked bad, didn't it? Oh, I liked the look of it. Oh, the, the beekeeper. beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. It's a film where Jason Statham is bees. It's John Wick, but with bees, isn't it? Let's face it. We'll be all over it. I mean, saying that, I haven't seen the Meg 2 or whatever, but. Um... Apparently that's ostensibly that's better than the first. No, I've heard it's much much worse. Oh really? I've heard it's better. But what do I know about? I thought if he fights the Meg in it, Um, Toxic Avenger actually might be alright. But yeah, that might be. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that's coming in. TV wise, seven series two hopefully happen. Oh yeah, it's going to be weird next year because of the writers' strike. I imagine will have affected a lot of things. Well, the only Marvel thing coming out of Deadpool three. That's going to be a weird year. Yeah. Um, isn't necessarily a bad thing no no I could do with them calming fucking down a bit <laughs> I don't know what DC stuff we've got I don't I, I still, not till 25 I st- is it uh, I still haven't seen Aquaman 2 or is that it out didn't yet? come out today did yeah. it <laughs> I thought for some reason I feel like I saw the trailer for that a thousand years ago you know what so I assume it was the out. trailers I don't you yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, self-reliance that's the one there you go yeah I am looking for it. that does look good ah yes yeah but very well, much like an at-home watch, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but a comfortable 89 minutes. I've got to admit, because we dumped our Cineworld cards, other cinemas are available, and started getting one for the electrics that, well, no, you... We don't. 
you have like a gold patron, whatever it type yeah, thing. I can take who I want, though. Yeah, don't have to go with you. Don't have to go with me. Um, for the electric cinema, all the cinemas are available in Birmingham. I this year we've seen a lot of films not of this year and a lot of them have been films what I love that I've never seen on the big screen before and I'm a big proponent of doing that because it turns out they're amazing oh not just electric <laughs> like, we went to see the Blade Runner double bill at the Prince, oh, Charles, the Prince Charles in August yeah. and that was really fucking good and we saw 90s Turtles there as yeah, well yeah but we didn't go to watch the film we watched it went we went for the Q&A yeah. Yeah, yeah is the new Ghibli film out in this country yes. yet oh yes is but that... like next this weekend yeah, this weekend yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to see it next weekend. Yeah, it? probably going to cry, lads. <laughs> yeah, I'll just turn that was a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I always have a cry. I pretty much always have a cry at Ghibli movies anyway. If for no other reason than the Joe, he's, he's, he's like, oh God, I can't pronounce his surname. Hisashi soundtracks. But hey, so that was us doing a top of the year. Top of the year. Um, top of the year, don't do that. Top of the year, top of the it's year. It's certainly been a full year. And... Um, that's all I'm going to say. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the rest of 2023. No, such not as it everybody. Is. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. You, you know cunts. what you've done. None, none you, of the one cunts. person, you're not allowed to have a good year. All of the cunts can have a shit year. Um, it, 2024, that'll be a year as well, I reckon. And we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it together. We'll do it together. I don't know how to round up podcasts. Do either of you want to give where people can follow you on the internet? No, Rich I'm not on social media. <laughs> no, that's a good point. No, Phil, I Phil hate you all. Phil yeah. hates everyone. Yeah. Uh, my details are in the jingle at the end of the show, so I don't have to say it. Stacey's not interested so, in me, so fuck it, follow her. In that, I will say... Everyone should buy that Bell's whiskey that's Prince Andrew related. No, don't buy the Prince Andrew Bell's whiskey, that's... Nonsense. Tangent. Let's have some more mulled wine and make Phil watch Guy Montgomery's Guy and What's Merlin B. And everybody, we love you, except the cunts. I don't love anyone that's listening to this. What if I'm listening to it? Mm, Which I will be when I end. What if Jesus is listening to it? Because Jesus listens to it. He's the only person I love. He died on the cross for our sins. Stop being daft. Say goodbye to the listeners. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas. Bye. Mistletoe and wine. I hate that song so much. Bye, everyone. Have a bloody lovely Christmas and New Year and all the other holidays. And we love you, except the shit ones. Bye. Good night. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour. Send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!